Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. On yesterday's podcast, we answered the question, is this the worst real estate market in all of our lifetimes? And we're not going to tell you the answer. You have to listen to yesterday's podcast. <laughs> to figure it out, yeah. But today, we're going to be um, giving you the seven new rules for real estate agents in this market, or seven new rules that agents must know to not just survive, but thrive in this market. Because as I hopefully, as hopefully we expressed yesterday, despite the headlines that this is the lowest number of home sales annually in decades, despite the fact that there is, you know, the interest rates now are, you know, higher than they've been in decades. There are still 8 million agents that received paychecks in the last 12 months, 4 million transactions, roughly. The actual number is, Julie? The actual number is uh, 3.96. Yes. And the number of new construction homes that were built in, let's assume sold in the last 12 months, was also around 700,000. So, you know, you got to think about that. Now, with that said, the average commission for most agents, it's going to be at least $10,000. If you add all this up, roughly 5 million transactions uh, times roughly $10,000 or 5 million times two, if there were you know, a buyer's agent and a listing agent on each transaction times $10,000, that is a lot of money. So there are still agents, a lot of agents that are doing incredibly well because of this market, because they are learning the new, uh, frankly, skills that are absolutely positively required to not just survive, but thrive in this market. That's right. The agents that are most proactive are absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, making the most money already in this shifting market. And you don't have to be the most ex uh, seasoned, uh, veteran, experienced, blah, no. blah, blah agent. Mm -mm. Matter of fact, and this is the interesting thing about a market like this, you can be brand spanking new. Yeah. And uh, be you know farming or doing a lot of proactive lead generation into a market where there is a well-established agent who's been the king or the queen of that market for generations, and you could easily start getting the listings that otherwise would have been theirs. That's right. Some of our listeners can attest to that. So yes, the market is shifting, but don't overreact. We have had fewer sales, but we're not having price crashes or anything like that. So tuck your drama in and get back to work. If you expect buyers and sellers to transact with you, you must be more educated, motivated, and proactive than in the previous hot, hot seller's market. And also, Julie, a lot of agents have been asking you and I about eXp Realty. We did yes. a show last week about, um, you know, essentially a lot of agents looking for a broker upgrade or choosing a broker in the first place. Yes, Julie and I are proudly associated with eXp Realty. Yes, we would love the opportunity to be your sponsor at eXp Realty. And there's two paths you can follow. You can obviously scroll down, read the notes, click the link, learn more about our eXp Realty group, watch the videos on the website, or you can just go to whylibertas.com. And again, the link is below and the links are always below in our, our show notes. Oh yes, that's right. Our show notes are always shared with all of you guys. We give you all these notes so you can use it for your own, um, maybe social media, for your own, um, your team training, your, your worker training, whatever it is. So do scroll down. The notes are below. And also, again, if you're interested in joining eXp Realty, which all of you should at least have open minds to doing so, give us an opportunity to earn the right to be your sponsor. You can click the link, learn more about our group, or you can just text me directly at 
512-758-0206. We'd love to, uh, the right to be, to earn the right to be your eXp Realty sponsor. That is truly how we feel. It's an honor for us to be partners with you in your real estate career. So let's have a conversation. Scroll down, click the link, learn more about our group. Or if you're ready to land the plane, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. And my phone number is also down below. Do not call. Please do text. I have my ringer turned off. So just text and we'll start the conversation. That's right. So today we're talking about seven new rules for real estate agents in today's shifting market. So starting out with a fact, as always, some homes will sell immediately with multiple offers. Refer to yesterday's podcast for those stats. But so, And sometimes over the list price, and some of them won't. Be able to handle both situations with skill. Remember, the market is not about to crash. We're not going to have prices just falling out of the sky. The number of sales is lower. And it may seem like a crash to you if you believe that 30 days on the market is the end of the world, okay? But this time is not like last time. Stop saying that. Many agents, buyers, sellers, and lenders were not even adults during the last time, the crash of 2007 to 2009. The elements are not remotely the same. We've done extensive podcasts on those facts. Waiting to buy or sell because you think the market's going to crash is definitely a mistake. Let's do put an asterisk by that. Yes, you are correct. If you're thinking that there's going to be distress in multifamily or in commercial, there is every reason to believe that is true, but not on the residential side of things. Right. We talked about that on the yesterday's podcast, but there are there's probably going to be a lot of buying opportunities. Those of you who've been looking for multifamilies. And frankly, the cap rates have been pretty bad the last few years. Well, I think, and Julie and I have seen the actual projections as far as what's going to happen with uh, the, you know, frankly, a lot of the multifamilies, they could be dropping in cost by as much as 20% over the next 18 to 24 months. And the same goes, if not worse, frankly, for office space. If you're looking for office space and you want to be buying office space in San Francisco, now is going to be probably the best time of many generations to do so. But on the residential real estate front, absolutely not. This is the lowest amount of distressed real estate in how many years? Do you remember? I think they started reporting on that about like 48, 50 years ago. Yeah. So since the beginning of reporting, it, this is the lowest that it's been. As a percent. And it's of, actually going down. So as, is it really? Mm -hmm. As a percent of all homes, the number that are actually in any forms of distress are, as Julie just expressed, historic lows. It's it's like right around 3% or less. That's incredible. Yep, absolutely. So we're talking about the seven new rules for the new market. Rule number one, set your seller's expectations for two scenarios. So I'm talking to listing agents now. Yes, it may sell right away, possibly with multiple offers. However, if it does not sell right away, what does that do to their plans? Understand your seller's motivation and their time frame and discuss different scenarios after you have the listing signed, but before the first showing. What are the average days on the market for the subject property? Don't assume that it's 10 seconds or 10 days or less, or even 30 days or less, depending on the market conditions it's not all going to universally be the same like it used to be. But do assume that your seller does think it's going to be on the market for 10 days or less. Yep. Do assume that if you competed for that listing, that the other agents weren't as informed as you because they might not be podcast listeners, let alone our coaching clients. So do assume the seller is going to have their head full of a lot of misinformation that you're going to have to correct with a lot of facts, hopefully many, many of which you're learning from our coaching program. Um, and uh, yeah, then you're going to be and follow our 12-week seller communication plan. Those of you who are in 
Premier Coaching, actually start working towards creating a high level of skills for yourself because that will be your ultimate unfair advantage. Some of you think that you have to work on your brand in order for people to want to do business with you. In a market like this, it's about the skill set. It's about, frankly, getting the job done, having the conversation with the motivated seller, explaining to them the nature of the market so the house is positioned on the market correctly so it does reflect the buyer's expectations and the property gets sold. That's how you ultimately build the ultimate brand. The ultimate brand comes from you being successful, having actually um, helped people buy and sell real estate. That's where it comes from. Yes, your best branding is your sold sign, for sure. All right, number two, prepare your listings, stage your listings as if you have more competition. Sometimes you do have more competition, but always act as if you do. Buyers are getting more picky and will pass on a home that seems neglected. Buyers are starting to believe that there will be more inventory soon and may pass on something that's not quite right for them. Proper previous preparation prevents pitifully poor performance. That's known as the seven Ps. So make it shine even if you think you don't have to. Your seller will thank you. And remember, just because you don't have uh, any competition right this second when you put it on the market does not mean that there won't be two or three new listings that pop up. And don't forget, you're also probably competing against new construction, which typically cleans the clock of the resale listings. Didn't you tell me that, what was it, Pulte or somebody like that, they're, offer, they're offering 30-year fixed rate mortgages in the fives? Toll Brothers, Toll Brothers. is heavily advertising between five and a half and I think 5.8. They raised it, I think, to 5.8 when rates normal rates got closer to eight. But still, that's not even an adjustable rate. That's a fixed rate, okay? So if you're competing against that and you're a resale, you're going to have to throw some perks in there or be priced competitively to overcome the fact that they probably are more attractive. By the way, go to the, to uh, Toll Brothers in this example. Read what their mortgage disclosures are and how they got that payment. It's going to actually say, you know, behind three asterisks, exactly what they're doing. Seller to contribute X amount of points or dollars or whatever to buying down the interest yeah. rate. Take that then to your local lender, Larry, and tell them to actually figure out a way that you can match or beat that deal that Toll Brothers is offering. Mm -hmm. Then go to talk to your sellers and explain to the sellers that our competition uh, are the resale homes in the neighborhood, but they're really the Toll Brothers neighborhood that's maybe you know five miles away. New construction, especially when it has the advantage of interest rates, is always going to outsell resale. Yeah, and get this. I've really noticed this lately. Remember that of people who own homes, about 50% of those are paid off. Yep. Guess what we're seeing a ton of advertising? Owner financing. Yep. So that can be a competitive advantage too when it's you versus the four or five other listings that meet the buyer's criteria. And it doesn't have to be 100% owner financing. Nope. It can be partial owner financing. We talk about a lot of this um, in our coaching program. Again, this is what gives you the advantage when you're competing for a listing or frankly even competing for a really great buyer. Or putting a deal together that maybe you're on the listing side and the buyer's agent doesn't necessarily, they're new and doesn't necessarily know how to put a deal together. You're going to have to be the one with the skills. The one with the skills, the agent with the skills in this market is the agent that's going to win. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Uh, rule number three, you must be more careful and more accurate about pricing your listings in the first place. Do three comparative market analysis, CMAs. A listing presentation you go on today where the seller is going to take 30 days to prepare the home is going to require you to revisit the price before you actually launch it as a new listing. In a shifting market, it may adjust up, down, or stay the same. What do the new pendings and sales tell you? 
And a lot of listings right now do have a, a delay. I would say even if it's two weeks since you met with them, you're going to need to go revisit the CMA. Now, Julie said something there, and I wanted to make sure it didn't get by all of you. So if you are going, this is advanced coaching for those of you who are listing agents focusing on being a listing agent. If you're going on a listing appointment today, and the seller wants 30 days or two weeks to do whatever they're going to do, or maybe they're interviewing other agents, do not put an actual price on the house. They're going to press you for it, and I'll give you a little advanced coaching that's even more advanced. The harder a seller presses you for price, the more likely they are going to list it with their neighbor or their brother who just got their real estate license or they're thinking about for sale by ownering. So the answer that you must give them in a market like this, if you're not getting the contract signed, is going to be Mr. Seller in this marketplace. Let's say the house is 400000 And let's, you know, at present, that is the correct price. Mr. Seller, in this marketplace, the house could be worth anywhere from 390 all the way up to maybe 435 depending on what is actually happening in the market on the day we put the house for sale. For example, right now we're competing against three resale homes. Well, let's say you're putting the house for sale in you know, two weeks and there's three homes that are now on contract. You have no real competition. But a new construction development just launched down the, you know, five miles away and they're selling similar homes where you know, all these normal uh, sort of competitive downward pressures. That is then going to affect adversely the value of that seller's home. So you do not need to be giving sellers exact pricing unless they're signing the contract and explain to them in a marketplace like this, you can give them a price range. Now, here's the other reason you want to do this. If you're not getting the contract signed at the time you're meeting with the seller, which by the way, that is a skills deficit on your part. You should always be mm -hmm. getting the contract signed at the time when you're meeting with the seller. So I'm not giving you an excuse to go back at 90% of the time. If you don't get the contract signed, when you're meeting with the seller, they're going to list it with somebody else. And so you, this is all coaching, and I don't want to go down the rabbit hole for the sake of today's podcast because we don't have the time. But if they're not going to, if you are not listing, or actually listing the house at the time, and you're going to, you know, spend a lot of time giving them a really great price on the property, all it's going to take is another agent coming in after you that's going to tell the seller a higher price. And guess who that seller is going to list with, unless you gave them a lot of compelling reasons why they'd want to list with you, other than price. Um, because in a marketplace like this, where sellers are ill-informed about the nature of what's happening with homes, especially overpriced homes, they're going to overprice it because guess what? They're greedy and they have a right to be greedy. They're sellers after all. So you're going to have to be strategic, not only on how you price properties, but when you price properties. Otherwise, you're going to lose listings and you're not going to know why. Yes. And be accurate. Go revisit the price that's been that delay. That's normal. And I mean, that's going to save you a world of pain by being more accurate. And you can give them three, to Julie's point, do multiple CMAs along the way, but also give them three different uh, potential net sheets that you're going to explain to them basically how the actual, you know, if we sell it for 390, if we sell it for 400, if we sell it for 435, these are the different scenarios. So, you know, that hopefully how you guys, the math works for them. hopefully you guys are understanding what I'm doing. Because again, if you're in a listing appointment and the seller is really, really, those of you who've had this experience, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The seller doesn't really care about you, doesn't really care about your marketing, doesn't care about anything else other than the price. What do you think of the price? What do you think about the price? I promise you, dear listener, you are pricing it for another agent. 
Don't fall into that trap. Ask the seller. Use our scripts that we teach you in Premier Coaching to root out, frankly, you should have known prior to going on the appointment, but maybe the seller didn't want to tell you because they're really only using you for price. While you're there, say, Mr. Seller, let me ask you a question and then ask them the questions that are part of our listing process so then you can determine whether they are thinking about listing with somebody else. Because if they are, it's most likely going to be a friend. It's most likely going to be a relative that has very little experience. Otherwise, the seller wouldn't feel the need to be getting pricing information from you if they had confidence in this other person. So they're just doing this other person a favor. When you decide, when you figure out that they're doing this other person a favor uh, and they're you know, going to list with that person, you then have several options that you can pursue to still get the listing or the worst case scenario, you can co-list with you know, their buddy from high school. These are all the things we teach you in Premier Coaching. Yes, I was noticing that you're wandering into coaching there. Okay, but that's good. Number five, if the seller has to sell, you have to take the listing. Notice yep. what I said there. If they have to sell, meaning somebody's going to make a commission, meaning the seller needs somebody to help them sell the property, they are going to move, they're going to sell, that's it, keeping the house is not an option. Don't lose it over being too adamant about your price. The market still has enough demand that you may be able to achieve the seller's higher price, again, within reason. That's why we're coaching you to do multiple market analysis so you know what you're talking about. This isn't one of your points, but that's your point number five actually brings me back to this. Five and a half. Right, five and a half. People often ask us about lead follow-up. What's How many times should we follow up with a seller? Blah, right. blah, blah. All these ridiculously over-analytical, over-just-Mickey-Mouse, seven-step follow-up plan, all the rest of it. So let's say you've talked to a seller and the seller has to sell. And you're going to know that because you're going to use our pre-qualifying script. Absolutely positively have to sell, keeping the properties no longer an option. You have to list it. What's your lead follow-up plan? Here it is. You follow up with those people until one of those one of, one of several options happen. They list with somebody else. The seller dies or you die. I mean, <laughs> right. I threw one in there. But that's it. So essentially, if the house is no longer available for you to list or you're no longer available to list the property, those are your only two options. There is no in-between. There's no, I'm going to follow up with them every three days or I'm going to follow up with them every two days. Or they're, on the fifth call, I'm going to give up. Exactly. You, no, do not do that. If that seller has to sell, you have to list it. That has to be your mindset. When you pre-qualify them, when you find out that they have to go on, uh, they have to sell the house, and you go on a listing appointment, if you're not taking the listing, then it's because you did not follow our process, you did not follow our pre-listing pack, you did not fully pre-qualify, you did not know what the seller thought the house was worth prior to going out, whether you're competing prior to going out, you did not prepare. When you make those mistakes, you have not earned the right to be that seller's listing agent. So one of the I think next natural steps for all of you is learn the steps necessary to be a powerful listing agent. And some of you are thinking, well, Tim, I only work with buyers. Exactly. Well, guess what? As soon as you are done listening to today's podcast, you're going to get a text from someone who wants to sell their house and they're going to tell you you're competing against two other agents. You wish you would have joined Premier Coaching two weeks ago. That's right. And what do you think happened to all those buyer sales that you've been doing? Do you think <laughs> right. they maybe are going to move one day? That would make maybe their listing agent. Maybe not. It's up to you. Okay. Point number six, brush off your price reduction scripts. Wait, what? <laughs> you don't there's have price, any? There's price reduction scripts? You don't have any because you've never needed them? Yikes. Well, yes, it is possible in today's market to actually overprice a listing and have it sit on the market. We did a podcast called uh, Will It Sit or Will It Sell? Talking about pricing. This is called aspirational pricing, and it is the number one reason that we're seeing expired listings every day. So don't let it happen to you. We did an entire series I think the week before last, about pricing strategies. 
and we included price reduction scripts. The best price reduction script is, of course, the one you never need. Because you priced it right in the first place. Exactly. But should you find yourself in the unfortunate situation where it is sitting, we have lots of price reduction scripts for you in Premier Coaching. Okay, point number seven or rule number seven, always speak to the listing agent when you are representing buyers. Find out what's most important to the sellers. Other than price, what will make your buyers the buyers? The buyers who are still in the market after higher rates are more serious and probably more qualified. They're probably also people that had homes to sell and they're walking into their next home with all cash or a substantial down payment. That's right. I mean, think about the buyers in today's market. We know that the flippers, we know that the speculators have gone. We know that people that don't have to move are not moving right now. That's why we have a fewer number of sales this year. Well, so that, what does that leave you with? And interest rates, obviously. And, and because of rates. So that leaves you with some really motivated, really qualified people who want to know, how am I going to win? And you know, we're still in low inventory, so if they're going to compete... Make sure if you're on the buyer side that you're talking to the listing agent and you're finding out, don't assume that the seller has to have a quick closing. Maybe they actually want a lease back. Don't assume that price is the most important thing. Maybe timing is the most important thing. Maybe keeping the swing set in the backyard is really important to them. You've got to ask those questions and not be assumptive. When you're assumptive, you're going to be the losing offer. You know what's fascinating is people think that the reason the market's doing what the market is doing is because of interest rates. I know. And listeners, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is there really an interest rate problem or is there a lack of inventory problem, right? If there are more homes for sale even with interest rates where they are, don't you think that they would all sell relatively quick? They would. Well, we know that for a fact based surely on statistics. If, if on average, homes that are on the market are selling still in less than 30 days and with multiple offers, almost three offers of everything that sold last month, the average was three offers per listing. Now, only one person can buy each of those listings, which means that we still have an imbalance between inventory and demand. So what you said is absolutely right. We see more inventory. It's going to sell right away. We know that. All you have to do is look at new construction. It's practically all in contract. So this is a terrible market for real estate agents that don't have skills, for sure. Absolutely. I, I agree completely. I mean, you might argue that any market is tough for agents without skills, but I, I would have a counter argument that when we have more inventory, we have really low rates and it's easier to transact you know, buyers almost put themselves in contract. Well, let's drill down on that. If yeah. it, when, you know, yesterday's market, when yeah. you had a decent amount of homes, but mm -hmm. you know, was this, it was still sure. on the seller side of the equation, yeah. but you had really low interest rates. Yeah. What were, what skills did you really need other than finding a house for sale? Because yeah. on the seller side of That's things, it. things sold themselves. Yes. You didn't even, frankly, that was it. You could overprice it, could have ratty condition, ratty location. Mm -hmm. I mean, frankly, a lot of cases that's still true now. I mean, honestly, it just had to be available. That's it. And on the buyer side, the interest rates are super low. And a lot of them were living, uh, you know, operating out of fear of missing out. And so they didn't want to miss out on the house for sale or the low interest rate. They were smart, right? The interest rates were, you know, historically low. And so those buyers were smart. So you didn't need a lot of skill in the last no. market. You didn't need to know how to, uh, frankly, uh, you know, lower prices. No. You didn't need to know how to you know, work with sellers with regards to condition or all the rest of it. The mm -hmm. skills necessary in this market are completely the opposite of the skills in the past market. In the past market, you could pick up deals because everybody wanted to be on the market. Everyone wanted to buy or sell. Every The, the interest rate, again, the FOMO that was in, the, in yes. everywhere, that is not really the way it is now. But still, still listeners... With new construction, nearly 5 million real estate uh, sales happened in, in the last 12 months. 
And let's assume that there were 10 million agents that received paychecks if there was a listing agent and a buyer's agent on each of the sides. And the interest or the payment, sorry, the price was at least 400 grand. Mm -hmm. The commission was at least $10,000. Right. So there's at least, uh, what, 8 million agents, more mm -hmm. than that, arguably, with sure. close to you know 10 yeah. million agents mm -hmm. that received paychecks for at least $10,000. That's right. That's not a bad market. That is not a bad market. Yes, but it's it still is, happening. But it is still challenging. And the reason, and we talked about this yesterday, that it's the worst market in probably our lifetimes mm -hmm. is because the resale homes, this is purely from an available inventory perspective, right. uh, but also for a lot of agents, it's their lack of skill. And they're mm -hmm. slowly, as the agents typically do, as our industry typically does, slowly waking up to the fact that that past market is the past market, the new market is what it is, and you're going to have to learn to adapt. And you should do it quickly because that's what gives you your competitive advantage. It's the same reason, yeah. for example, Tesla or you know a lot of these other tech companies. They have an advantage in the marketplace because they were in the market faster. They made the pivot quicker. And now everyone else is having to play catch up. EXP Realty, the exact same thing. I mean, all these companies that are essentially doing amazing in this market, it's because they built the momentum into this market. They weren't having to essentially readjust. If you are now waking up to the fact that what you were doing two years ago is indeed not going to work for the rest of your real estate career, that's okay. It, don't worry about it. You can learn what's necessary in this new market, not just to survive, but thrive. The key thing for you to do is no longer procrastinate. Stop waiting. Well, I think if you were to sum up the skills that need polished, almost all of it comes down to your speaking skills, mm -hmm. your use of scripts. The volume of conversations that you must have is higher. The complexity of your conversations is much thicker. You have to talk about things you've never talked about before. You have to study and know things that you never had to really think about before. Like, who does a CMA three times before you put it on the market? Don't you just, like, or, basically give it your best guess? Take the last best comp, throw 10% on the top, and you'll be in contract by Friday. Or, Julie, what's yes. a CMA? I know. What's a, yes, comparative market analysis. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but seriously. Yeah. I mean, but a lot that's of, true. A lot of them have just been clicking buttons and having their MOS churn out some CMA. Or, or just doing what the seller wants. Right. They don't, so, I mean, there's a lot of agents there's that are starting. Lot. Even agents that have been successful in the past market, they're starting at less than zero as far as skills go. And we say That's that true. with love and respect, guys, because we want you to stop procrastinating so you can make the most of this market. Because once you do, you're going to love it because you're not going to have competitors that have the skill set you have, and that is going to give you an unfair advantage in the marketplace. Well, if you can do really well in a market like this, and learn some skills so that you actually don't just survive, but really thrive and really actually kill it like many of our coaching clients. I mean, that's one of the reasons to sign up for coaching is just so you could hear the enthusiasm from our existing clients. They are absolutely transacting. They're not coming to the daily calls saying, I wonder if I'm going to be motivated today. They're talking about, hey, I've got this going on. I need help with X, Y, and Z. That way I can get this deal going. And then I'm going to go do the next one, the next one, the next one. So that's an important thing to be surrounded by people who are successful. But I, would, I think you would agree that anybody that not just survives this but does really well, I mean, any kind of market after this, is probably going to be pretty easy for them. Oh, yeah, 100%. I yeah. mean, it's like, it's like you learn how to be a triathlete. And then all of a sudden now you no longer have to run 26 miles, bike 26 miles, and swim 26 miles. Now the, the triathlete, which is the new the market after this one, you only have to do like a half mile. And you still basically get the result. Uh, well, we went yeah. on a walk this morning, yeah. our six miles, with uh -huh. one of our neighbors. Yep. And he was huffing and puffing the whole time. He was. And Julie and I were having no problem because we are running, walking six miles in the Caribbean sunshine and heat. 
you know, all the time, all the time. And we're conditioned for it. You know, you guys, you're in the same position. You should embrace what this market has to offer because this is the only market that we're going to be experiencing for probably the next five to 10 years. Well, that's right. And I think what's really cool about this, unlike before, is that the most motivated people really, really need your help. You know, before a FISBO really could throw a sign in the yard and actually sell it this weekend. But now they make it to the second weekend. Now they're kind of second guessing their thought that they wanted to do it on their own. Or you could lose a listing to the agent who just got their license because the seller liked their dog pictures on Instagram or whatever. And now that's not going to happen. You're going to be in centers of influence and past clients uh, agents. Those of you got most of your business from center Mm -hmm. of influence and past clients, you're not going to get the same reaction, the same results. In your, with, from your COI past clients just because you know love them, okay? They're going to want to uh, have you earn the right to be their listing agents or even their buyer's agents. You're going to have to accept the fact that you're going to be competing. So good, great. Learn now, how to compete. That's it. Or learn how to hard. win. Yes, mostly. That's yes. the, main, the bottom that's right. line. So guys, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. We certainly appreciate the honor of being your real estate coaches. The next natural step for most of you is to scroll down and join Premier Coaching. Or if you're ready for a major broker upgrade, we'd love the right to earn the right to be your EXP Realty sponsors. And the link is also below. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.